back to No Thank You Next. I'm Megan. And I'm Rachel. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello, Hi. everyone. <laughs> hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Never know how to start these things. Sure don't. We do it every week, and we are always lost. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> That's you know, okay. Yeah, because I, you know, I'm just living my life. I'm just, you know trying my best right just you know over here nesting i'm (laughs) touching my boob um i'm just here nesting and cleaning and you know just you know being a dog mom i'm one of those people now you're a dog mom now oh it's just so sweet i post videos all the time of buddy and sweet little buddy you know Oh my gosh. Yeah. Dogs, Clifford and Honey, they're getting so big. Oh my God. I can't believe how big they are. They're massive. They're not even a year old yet. It's like, how are you this big? But like Honey already has been in heat and Clifford is just a big red dog. So I'm like, Mike, we need to get these dogs fixed. So we don't have like any issues between the two of them. Cause he was like, he was like, if, like if it were to happen he's like it couldn't happen right like clifford can't get honey pregnant i was like what yeah he have, could. You, have you heard of ancestral children Did yeah you hear like of every royal family in all of europe <laughs> like what but Wait, he, 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 yeah like he was reading about it and he's like i just didn't think that that was a thing that like either like would happen or that people do and i was like yeah a lot of a lot of dogs like like especially like puppy mills they like they there's a lot of inbreeding and that's how they end up having dogs with a lot of birth defects and a lot of like really strange things that are happening on the inside of them Uh, and and yeah he was looking at uh, he was looking it up and he was just like talking about how the reason why people do like the inbreeding is to keep certain traits that they like about these certain dogs I was like oh shit I didn't know that I just thought it was like a yeah so they're like let's hear but not at all yeah so we need to get our dogs fixed yeah responsible dog parents yeah what's his face would be proud of you to fix and neuter your pets what's his name uh no from not true carrie (laughs) the other one i'm trying the price is right okay wait hold on why can't i think of his name bob barker thank you bob would be proud of you his name his name even has barker in it like he wants you to bark and get him fixed Holy shit. It was all, who was the host of The Price is Right from 1972 to 2007? It was Bob Barker. That's and then too many years. <laughs> so long. So oh my gosh. Damn, Bob Barker. Wow. What's up? Wow. wow. That's wow. nuts. Oh, jeez. Wow. Longest running game show in North American television history honestly Hmm. but like oh he was also known for hosting truth or consequences from 1956 to 1974 what is that oh my god that sounds like life 
oh my god it's great he's got a great life yeah like what the heck game show house what kind of a game was this oh my gosh these are some dapper men who are on yeah. truth or consequences these men are very attractive no women of course not <laughs> <laughs> It's a 1940s game show. What are you thinking? Of course. I'm oh, just kidding. There was a woman on here, but she's in the 60s. I don't know. What kind of a show was this? American Game Show hosted by on NBC Radio. Okay, but like, what's the what's the point? It's a wacky game show. Oh, you don't okay. talk about like if you've killed anybody. Nope. You can either tell the truth by answering a question or be forced to pay the consequences, like perform a stunt. So it's like truth or dare for adults, but they turned it into like a game show. That's actually really fucking smart. Well, I feel like that's what we did for Nickelodeon. That's what they did for Nickelodeon. Yeah. It's like, what what, what is your like favorite, like old, like Nickelodeon game show? Fucking Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, Legends of the Hidden Temple <laughs> is called Legends of the Hidden Temple. Summer's... The Purple Monkeys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember those freaking team names. <laughs> my fave, my second favorite was oh, the one that Summer Sanders hope posted. Oh my god. It wasn't Double Dare. It was Her like, dad did no, Double Dare. It was like with the the brain and they like had to figure out the and they oh, like would called, come in and you would be out. like yeah, figure it out. I need to be like, what's your hidden, what's your hidden secret? And it's like this kid that collected his toenails in a jar for like three years. Ew! <laughs> Me and Summer Sanders share the same birthday. Oh my God. What a blessing. Oh my God. Hi, Summer. <laughs> oh my God. What is That's she hilarious. up to? How old is figure, she? Figure it out. She was born in 1972. So she older than me. Oh. Wow. Way to go. That dude. Figure it out. I want to say that I never watched it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was my favorite because they would always have like the all that cast or other people, of course, you know. Right. She's but it's like seven. so wild to me that like I keep seeing these TikToks of like uni- or yeah, Universal in Florida, how they had the whole Nickelodeon studios. And mm-hmm. that's where they actually filmed like all that and stuff. And oh, that's so cool. I know, and it's, like, the building then and now, it's, like, not even the same. Like, it used to be so bright and, like, cool. And even the Nickelodeon Studios in Hollywood was so cool, and it's not even there anymore. Because everybody was Bums on fucking out. acid, so they're like, yeah, this is a great place I know. Oh, that was my favorite memory when we went to Disney World when I was a kid. We went to fucking Universal, and we were walking, and Alex Mack was fucking doing all that is that oh what it's gosh. called? All that? That's the SNL for kids, right? Yeah. 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 And totally. she was doing all that for that week. And I fucking took so many pictures of her. What was it? It was like, this is Lori Beth. Did Sanders. Lori, Lori, Lori Beth Ginsburg with vital information for your everyday life. Yeah. That was her thing. Oh my God. That uh-huh. was so much fun. Kel. <laughs> what what would you do? Wild and crazy kids. Oh my gosh. These were all hits, you guys. These were hits back in the 90s. I know. Hits, so I tell you. So oh my good. gosh. Yeah, but like there's the whole thing about okay, I don't mean to like get gross, but like there is a fuck, what is his name? There's like a there's a Nickelodeon show producer who's like obsessed with like feet. And people are like making the connection. They're like, yeah, when you watch like like 
V for Victoria or whatever the fucking name is, or like oh, Victoria I Car- Justice. Yeah, or like iCarly, you notice that there are so uh, many feet shots in all the episodes. Uh, and then um, Ariana Grande did this like this like video. It's like a like a tryout video, mm-hmm. and uh, like to be put on a show and oh, her audition. Yeah, but she's like trying to like squeeze milk out of a potato, and you just hear her like moaning while she's squeezing this potato in front of her face. Or like, kid, do you think I can drink water upside down? And she's like gagging on it and like spitting it everywhere. Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you? But this man still works. He still works for Nickelodeon. People on Twitter are like, what the fuck? Like, this guy's literally sexualizing little kids, and you just continue a little work there, like it ain't no thing. That's interesting. Yeah, it's so gross. Anyway, Legends of the Hidden Temple, a really fucking cool show you guys were watching. It was a different time. There was no feet on that show. <laughs> exactly. That's good stuff. Is that Anyways. a good uh, segue into your story? <laughs> it is. It's a great segue. Let me great. tell you okay. about Alexandra Kogut. Mm-hmm. So Alexandra is 18, a freshman, a freshman, a freshman. I just (laughs) forgot the M. Okay. Alexandra is 18, a freshman at Brockport. It's a state school in New York. She's quite literally starting the beginning of her adult life. It's September, 2012. So I'm not going to take you back to Nick at night days. (laughs) I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back to 2012 before we before we lived in these times (laughs) so pitch perfect had just come out and if you know me that's my favorite fucking movie Mm -hmm. i love pitch perfect i will stop every time it's on tv 50 shades blessed most women with their sexual awakening (laughs) britney spears was on a tv show without crop tops and (laughs) walking back and forth in a camera guys it was a crazy time. People loved her. We still love her. We still Free love Brittany. her. Hunger Games had just come out, and now only eight Gosh. years later, we are living it in real life. <laughs> How That's crazy. Fucked. It's so fucked, but it's so true. Yep. So oh much has changed, yet nothing has changed at all. Mm-mm. So let's get back to Alex's story. So Alex is as her friends would call her, is months into the school year and always hanging out with her BFF, Samantha. They both are thriving, finally having some freedom and not living at home. It's fun to not have to ask permission to do everything in life. Mm-hmm. Um, besides always hanging out with Samantha, Alex is on the college swim team. So if she isn't with Samantha, she is with her friend Paige or other team members. So on the weekend of September 28th, Alex kind of had a free weekend. Her friend Samantha was going home to see her family. Um, Her roommate is also gone, and she has the opportunity to invite her 21-year-old boyfriend, Clayton Whitmore, to come visit her for the weekend. Clayton and Alex had met when Alex was in high school. He had already graduated. So when she left for school, they were trying to do the long-distance thing. He had been in, yeah, he had been in Florida playing ice hockey. He was just your typical dude. 
Even Alex's parents were very supportive of the relationship, even with the age gap and the distance. Like, I feel like a lot of parents would be like, girl, it's high school. You're gonna Mm -hmm. find so many other fish in the sea when you get to college. You're gonna see there's people that have the same career path as you. You're gonna see there are people that have the same values as you. Girl, break it off. And her parents are like, no, we love it. Clayton is super supportive of you and we feel like you guys have a great relationship. Wow. Yeah. So that Friday she had swim practice and I went late. So Clayton showed up before the swim practice had ended. Alex profusely apologized and even texted him, please don't kill me. What? Some foreshadowing. Mm. So Alex ends up telling her friends, at the swim meet, okay, bye, I'm gonna go meet with Clayton, like, really fucking excited about the whole weekend, and Samantha had even talked to her after her practice, and they both said, okay, talk to you tomorrow, so everything seemed pretty copacetic. Alex hadn't responded to some of Samantha's texts the next day, but she was with Clayton, so wasn't a huge deal, but then Samantha gets a call from Alex's mom, and she sounded worried. Alex's mom, Becky, was texting Alex the night before because she was on vacation and sending pictures of the hotel room and other things on their vacation, and Alex stopped responding. At first, it's like, okay, it's the weekend, and Clayton's visiting, but when she frantically started to call and text due to no response, Later, that's when Becky had that intuition that something was wrong. I'm not sure how that feels. I don't know if it's just mother's intuition, but I don't know if you've ever had it. Maybe like Sam's just quiet in another room and you're like, your spidey senses are like, nope, she's doing something bad. <laughs> I just like, my, my parents have had that feeling like with each other before, like, um, uh. like a quick example, um, when my mom was, um, my, my mom ended up having my little brother. She gave birth to him about a month early and I had gone to the hospital and me and my dad were there all night and you know, Nathan wasn't going anywhere. So the nurse was like, you guys go home, go get some sleep. I promise this baby isn't coming anytime soon. Take your time and then we'll see you at the hospital. Yeah. So my dad drives us home and I go to sleep and, and like, he's getting like some movies and stuff for my mom to watch while she like waits out her labor and he Uh goes and he takes a shower and he puts shaving cream all over his face. And then he just gets this feeling in his stomach and he's just like, no, no, I'm not shaving. And he washes all of the shaving cream off right before he was about to like, just you know, do a quick yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. Gets ready, leaves the house. The second my dad leaves the house, the nurse calls our house phone and she's all, oh my gosh, you guys better get here quick. Your mom's in labor. The baby's going to be here any second. <gasps> By the time my dad gets to the hospital, my mom is like oh, two pushes away from getting Nathan out. And if my dad would have shaved his face, he would have missed the birth of my little brother. But because oh. he got that weird gut feeling he left and he made it. And also another thing, my mom knew, my mom fucking knew. She's like, I had a dream about it. She knew the night I lost my virginity. I didn't say shit. I didn't make a scene. I didn't, I didn't tell anybody anything, but the next day she came to me and she was just like, do you need to go to the doctor? I was like, why do I need to go to the doctor? And she was just like, I just have a dream. And I had this feeling so I need to know. And she fucking knew when I lost my virginity. Yeah. <gasps> That's so my, so creepy. It runs in my family. It hasn't happened to me yet. 
So hopefully wow. it doesn't. But fucking crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Bananas. <laughs> All right. Well, Becky had that as well. Oh my goodness. So finally at two the next day, Becky gets a hold of campus police and asks for them to do a welfare check on Alex's room. They find the door open, so they decide to walk in and check if anyone is in there. They find blood everywhere. It was on the walls, the door, the bed. They then find a woman lying on the floor, also covered in blood, and her hair is covering her face, so they are unable to identify her at a glance. They then see bloody footprints around her body, so they knew it wasn't just a fall of some sort. They try to check her vitals, but find she is gone. When paramedics show up, a girl still in her dorm room overheard police telling the medics to just go in and pronounce her. Due to the woman on the floor being so badly beaten, they are unable to identify her, so she is pronounced as Jane Doe. So now the question is, who is the person on the floor? So the woman is Jane Doe, not only because her face is unidentifiable, but also because the woman on the floor has brown hair and Alex has blonde hair. There were pictures all over Alex's room of her and Clayton and with her friends, and she has blonde hair in all of them. So police are thinking maybe the woman is her roommate because they look at her photos and she has brown hair. Once they start knocking on doors and asking around, it is confirmed that Alex had come home that night. And when they were looking through the photos around Alex's room, they see someone they recognize in a photo, Clayton. It had occurred to a campus cop that he had a run-in with Clayton the night prior when he was walking around with an open container. They gave him a ticket and made him dump it. Clayton, being a douche, drops the container on the ground like a just a stand-up just citizen. An asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And the cops say, "Hey, that's a hundred-dollar fine." So he goes and picks it up, and then out of anger crosses the street. But the woman that he was with stayed on the same side of the street they had been previously walking on so they just walked in the same direction on opposite sides of the street yeah all the way home weird yeah or for the distance that they could the cop could see which was like such a red flag to him yeah so the cop said clayton and the woman he was with seemed to have been in fine terms initially Mm-hmm. They were even laughing, and things seemed to get sour when Clayton received the ticket. So now for these kids, during this time in 2012, Twitter was huge. I'm not sure, like, Instagram, I guess, wasn't popular at the time. I, um, I mean, I was I, looking, you know, it's really weird because I looked up Instagram, and it came out in 2010, and I think I probably started my account in 2012. Okay. So, like, I feel like it was really starting to, like, pick up speed. People were starting. Because true. When, when you first download it, it's just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, I don't understand the yeah. format of how I'm supposed That's to follow true. and share and shit. Yeah. So, maybe and it was just, it, it wasn't as popular. Yeah. And Facebook, I guess, wasn't as cool. So, um, uh, Alex loved Twitter. So, at around 12.13, Alex posted a tweet that said, should have known, should have known. No one knew what that meant at the time, but it was clear that she was trying to allude to something she should have known about Clayton. That was posted on their walk home, so it's not known what happened on their walk besides, like, like what, what, did she, what did he maybe say to her on that walk across the street? Nobody knows, but something tr- 
just like flipped a switch and she was like, I need to put this on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So police are able to get the records and of the door swiping and at 12 13 so like literally as she's swiping your card she's posting this tweet um her card is swiped to get into her dorm so they know that she did get back to her dorm Mm -hmm. so now back to the burnett on the floor they started working theories that clayton had hurt the roommate and abducted alex or maybe alex was involved and both of them were on the run after basically murdering her roommate while still trying to figure out what happened with the roommate, 911 is contacted in several counties over. Clayton's father calls police to advise that Clayton had called him. And they don't talk often, but Clayton is talking about self-harming him. It's about self-harm. And that he killed and keeps telling him that he killed someone. Oh the dad God. then I know. So the dad then concludes with police that he had been visiting his girlfriend in Brockport, but he isn't giving much more information. They then get Clayton's mom on the phone with dispatch, and she gives the name Alex to the dispatcher. So now the dispatcher is on detective mode and needing to figure out what the fuck is happening, because she's like, I'm not near this, like, I'm just in another county getting all these calls. So they call camp... So they call campus police and campus police are like, well, can you find out if Alex is with him? Because we believe they killed her roommate and we need them to turn themselves in. Dispatch gets off the phone with campus police thinking, okay, done. Well, while he was doing his detective work, Clayton had called his sister and told her that he had been mad and Alex just stopped breathing when he put his hands around her neck. Oh, God. And it's now 3.44 a.m., a day and a half after the crime was committed. And finally, this dispatcher can't, can stop doing his detective work because Clayton calls in himself. He tells them that he did something, and while on the phone, he tells them where he is, and police rush to find him. He turns himself in with bloody clothes and all. Once he is arrested, police now begin the search for Alex. They're worried that he killed her while they were on the run and put her in his trunk. So the car is treated, treat, the car is treated as a crime scene. They look through the entire car and literally find nothing. They now have no idea where Alex is, and he just confessed to killing her. Well, turns out the roommate they believed to have been dead on the dorm room floor had spent the night away from campus that night. Remember, she told Alex that was the whole reason that they basically, like, they didn't know this, but that was the whole reason that Clayton was even there, was she had the room Mm -hmm. for the night. She had no idea what was going on, but she said she was in another dorm room and she even showed up to prove she was alive because police did not believe that the person that was calling was the roommate. So police then found out from the roommate that Alex had recently dyed her hair dark brown. (gasps) Yeah. So for over a day and a half, they didn't even know that the victim on the floor was Alex. Oh my so the God. family was just like hoping like they were of course upset the possibility that like Alex murdered their roommate but like they had hope for over a day oh and it's like God. this is why campus police don't freaking head a murder investigation no 
no, not at all. But it's weird because you would think that if it's campus police and they're there enough, like you would think that they would be able to identify certain people based off of the traits that they see because they're like watching these yeah. kids walk around all the time. But at the same or time, are there it's cameras? Like, like anything. Yeah. Oh God, that's so sad. I know. So after arresting Clayton, he begins to tell police the relationship with Alex wasn't as perfect as they made it seem. They had been fighting a lot. That night specifically, she disrespected him, as he explained it. Oh, fuck yeah, off. Exactly. They had been at a party, and she wasn't paying attention to him. So that toxic masculinity took over his dumb fucking body, and mm-hmm. he wanted to leave. Once they left, that was when he was stopped for the open container. Once they got home, they started fighting, and during the fight, some old issues started to get dredged up. Things oh, no. were getting heated quickly, and Clayton says Alex started being physical. But Alex is fucking small. So when Clayton began to hit back, he didn't stop until she was on the floor. Once he realized that he had beat her so badly that her breathing was labored, he decided to hit her until she died. Yeah. Never once thinking to call for help. It's, like, so disgusting. Like, how is that your, like, like, ugh. I know. Like, your your defense, like, oh, I had no yeah. control. Or, like, it just. Yeah. It's, like, no, you are, you are, you've literally lost control of the situation. And you are yeah. being driven by it. You, you yeah. are no longer in charge. Oh, my God. I know. Clayton was charged with second-degree murder. He pleaded not guilty, because, you know, like they do. Because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So his ex-girlfriend testified against him during the trial and told a truly terrifying story of a time he choked her and she believed he was going to kill her. Yeah. That just reminds me of that article I that know. we talked about, about yep. being like 750% more likely that you're going to freaking die because you've been choked before by a significant mm-hmm. other. Oh my God. That's mm-hmm. so horrifying. Yeah. Oh, that poor girl. I mean, like, good for her that she, like, was able to get out of that, like, super shitty relationship. But, like, that is so terrifying to testify and say, like, yeah, this shit happened to me. I know that they have it in them to complete the job. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's weird because this story actually reminds me a lot of Euphoria. Like, this, like. Oh, yeah, that scene at the Mm -hmm. fair. Oh, God. It's still, like, gets in your heart and stays And wait till Yes, and wait till his excuse. Let me just tell you right now, because this is exactly oh like you for you. Oh my god, they I'm tried... gonna go watch it <laughs> right after. <laughs> um, do it. They tried to fight that he was under severe stress and should only be charged with manslaughter because his father was extremely abusive to him and his family his entire life. <sighs> so he even told dispatch while he was saying what he did. This story, make, he told the story about his father making sure to lay the groundwork before he even turned himself in. Oh, my God. It's one thing to have that trauma, but to use it as an excuse for you to murder another human is disgusting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't excuse your behavior. The no. jury was unanimous and found him guilty on all charges, and he was sentenced to 25 years to life. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, in Euphoria, the father is abusive. and Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it just shows, like, I don't know, like, yes, they have abusive behaviors, but that doesn't fucking give you the right to murder someone. No. And if you, therapy. Exactly. And it's weird because it's like, 
it's almost like, you know how people have like, um, like that addictive gene, like, Uh oh, my grandpa was an alcoholic and my, you know, my dad from my grandpa's side is also an alcoholic. So that just means that I'm going to be an alcoholic if I don't keep an eye on it. Like you are aware of what happens, like that, what predecessors you, you are in control of what you do. You have the opportunity to break that cycle. You have the opportunity to do better, but instead they're like, oh, so this is what it feels like. And I like it. So I'm just going to continue down this like shitty pathway. Oh, but it's just not fair. It's just not fair. And that's, what's so scary when you think that you can trust somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, no, it's incredibly scary. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So what was it? 25 to life? Yeah. Oh my God. What a fucking piece of work. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At least it was all found out about and it was just like, okay, yeah, we can arrest this proper person instead of thinking that like it's, you know, we maybe this guy has an anger issue and we accidentally put the wrong guy in jail and the real guy is out in a bow. Like at least there's justice served, but it's yes. not at all. Cause it's like, this could have been prevented. This could have been prevented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aww. I know it's so sad. And I just felt so sad that like, just a simple, like she dyed her hair. Yeah. Like, so they're like, Oh, can't be her. Yeah. Somebody else. Like, yeah, like it just so like it easily could have been handled so quickly but yeah mm-hmm. like he yeah him calling 911 and being like my dad like yeah it's just that's a cop-out excuse right yes, there he's because your dad man. didn't do it yeah. you did it no no accountability none none no mm-hmm. none horrible that is frustrating that's i know frustrating i know oh well, well, you, I don't know if you have any of these stories. I mean, I've, I've, I've done this before in my life, but do you, uh-huh. do you want to see us out with a story about when you tripped and fell in public? Oh, jeez! Oh my God. Yeah. Besides your trash can story from <laughs> like oh a couple God. episodes ago. My whole body. Do you want to know? You want to know? I was just thinking the other day about this. And it's going to sound like a real bushy story. <laughs> okay, now I can't wait. <laughs> so when I went to Paris with my Okay. <laughs> okay, Megan. <laughs> I told you it was bushy. <laughs> you can't so, get bushier than that, folks. <laughs> truly, I... So when we went to France, we went to see the Eiffel Tower and we were doing like the slow motion video of like the Eiffel Tower. Cause every, I think it's every hour, the Eiffel Tower when it's like, at, I think it's like at night, obviously, but the, the Eiffel Tower will do twinkle lights. Mm-hmm. So we were doing like the slow or the time-lapse of this, of that. So, and a lot of people were doing it. Mm-hmm. So we decide, okay, well, we want to go take pictures with the, before it gets too dark, we start going down, like, the steps that are across the, it's, it's not next to the Eiffel Tower, it's, like, a bit away, so mm-hmm. we're going down the steps, and the steps were so small, and the last step 
was like not really a step and she almost started to fall. So I looked, but then I fell. I tripped and like slid forward. Oh no. Yeah. And I was wearing jeans with holes in the knees. So for the remainder of the trip, I had fucking gravel in my cuts. Who knows how many fucking time-lapse videos my fall is in. (laughs) Honestly, that was my first thought. I'm like, truly, I'm in like at least 10 (laughs) time-lapses at the top of these fucking stairs of me eating shit. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Shannon immediately starts laughing. I'm in pain because oh, I fucking tripped. Yeah. It was all gravel oh, at the no. bottom. And so, yeah, I don't think that a piece of stone finally came out, I think, like, a year later. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, it was in my knee for a year. And then, uh. like, they have um, a pharmacy called Boots, I think, in France. And mm. I could not find, like, Neosporin, so I just kept putting back team. Like, oh, yeah. On it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had a fucking scar. I don't anymore. Oh my gosh. That's my bushiest, funniest (laughs) trip of my life. Oh my God. And as an adult, like there's nothing worse than tripping as an adult. I mean, you guys already heard my other story, but like in public, (laughs) when other people are around, it's truly filming. And so many cameras. We're in front of the fucking Eiffel Tower. Like, the amount of cameras and tourists in this situation, like, I don't know. It's beyond time-lapse videos. Like, it has to be (laughs) family photos. It has to be, like, unlike any other trip. Oh, my god! A normal person would take. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're so welcome. I'm so glad you asked. Because, yeah, I was just thinking about the other day, because I was like, how often do you fall as an adult? Like, Vince working yeah. on the TV show falls all the time. Like, he said he ate shit the other day. And, like, because he's on like, a boat. So, he's yeah, exactly. got like this rocking yeah. business. So, happening. he's eating shit all the time. But mm-hmm. I'm like, so here I am complaining about my one fall. And I'm like, honestly, <laughs> like, like wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Not he's me. older. Yeah. He's older than me and falls all the time. But it's like, truly, <laughs> I don't recover. <laughs> like, I do not recover. Well. <laughs> Like, I, uh, yeah, I don't recover well, so. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't fall like I did with my Burks this time. Because (laughs) had I had to then do an entire trip another week in France, I would have, like, it would have been a nightmare. It wouldn't have happened. No No. way. Weren't enough payments to keep you. Yeah. (laughs) Traveling through France. Oh, my gosh. Is that that the time that you got me the, the Eiffel Tower pin? With, yeah. with all of the skulls on it. Yeah, yeah, Aww. from the catacombs. Yeah. 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 Oh my, I will I will always think of your fall and the sacrifices that you made. Just know I am one of that those skulls in that Eiffel Tower because I died. <laughs> You're I died all dead. I am dead right here. I, my soul left my body <laughs> in that moment. Oh, fuck. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week for another horrible story. Good night. Bye.